Hi, this is Brian Roig. And this is Cyril War, and welcome to the Shaping Spirit podcast. We're just a couple of California guys who collected a bunch of degrees and traveled all over the world studying spirituality, bringing it right back here to you for your listening pleasure and discernment. And today's topic is building quality relationships. I love building it. It is quality an amazing topic. And before we get into it, Cyril, hey, I, I just got to say a big congratulations to us. You know, I was pleasantly surprised with the success and feedback from our very first podcast that we did together. And this is actually kind of mind-blowing. Do you realize we've actually hit 14 countries? We've had literally listeners in 14 countries. We've gotten feedback from all over the world. 99% of it positive. The 1% of haters, I love it. Keep the hate flowing. It just fuels us. Uh, it just drives us to do more positive stuff and amazing stuff. And I couldn't be happier. We've got Asia on board. We've got Europe on board all over the place. We've had South America on board, Central America, obviously the United States. So I am super stoked about this. And thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, with thank me. you all. Yeah. Thank you all for helping awesome. us build this community that we can all be part of and, and, and grow spiritually together. Yeah, it's uh, truly amazing. So, uh, well, you tell me. In episode one, I had to disclose a personal, private story of my life. So, uh, actually, you told us a story too. But let me ask you this question this time. Like, and I think it's a question that all of us can relate to, unless somehow you're, you know, you're really lucky in relationships. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever been in a relationship that you had that was toxic and that you had to literally like tap out of? Oh yeah. You know, so you can, I think anybody can take this into two categories, right? You can have the toxic interpersonal relationship, which is intimate, right? Everybody has had one of those or five of those or 10 of those, right? They've had a boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other where it was completely toxic. But I actually want to talk about one that was the opposite where it was just a platonic friend. and. it ended up by the way plato says right agape that platonic friendship is 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 the most sort of congenial form of uh of relationship out there Hmm. yeah interesting yeah so so i guess you can still suffer yeah as you're going to explain to us yeah it's so so here's what happened this was many years ago how it kind of the inception of this friendship or what I perceived initially to be a friendship was uh, there was a guy who just kind of started clinging to me and was very enthusiastic about wanting to hang out with me and spend time with me and talk. And it turned out all he really wanted was my business advice and to help me build his, his, his businesses and his work and Hmm. such. And, Anytime he would ever try to meet with me or call me was literally just for business advice and for me to do him personal favors. And it never got to the point of any type of reciprocity. And it's not like I, I, I'm the type of person that's needy that says, Hey, do this for me, do that for me. It was never you were just going along. 
Because you you, you yeah. saw it, right? You saw that. Wait yeah, a second. I, I was just, well, at first it was just like I was just kind of sucked into the kind of enthusiasm and his jovial attitude. And so I was like, yeah, this guy's funny. He's nice. I'll help him out. And so I was always helping him and he's doing better and better with his work and all these things that he was doing in his life, his businesses. That magically, anytime there was any type of gathering at his house, right? I was never invited. Anytime I needed help with something, uh, he always had an excuse as to why he, he couldn't help me. And it was very few times. I'm talking about over the course of what, uh, uh, say, a 12-year relationship, friendship, Man, right? I maybe asked him for help three times. And mind you, this is somebody who is asking me for help almost on a daily basis. So why didn't you tap out earlier? And I, you know, it was one of those things I felt, uh, I just felt sucked into it. And he was always reinforcing, you know, we're, we're such great friends. You're one of my best friends. You're a brother to me. You're my brother. You're my brother. I'm like, that's funny. I've heard it's, that line before. He would always call me right with, with, with questions and this was happening. That's happening. Keep secrets for him. Whatnot. And the minute I had an issue I wanted to discuss with him, he'd be like, Oh, you know what? Somebody's on the other line. I got to go. <laughs> and it was ridiculous. And I remember one of the last, Last times I hung out with this guy, he says to me, oh, can you, uh, I have some properties. He had a bunch of real estate. He's like, I have some properties I need to attend to. Can you come with me, take the drive with me? And then we need to go down to Tijuana for like a business meeting. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I didn't have anything to do on a Saturday morning. I'll take the ride. No problem. And he's, he takes me all the way down, ultimately down to Tijuana. And he's like, Hey, let's go get lunch. I have a quick meeting. I have to run and talk to these people. I'll be gone for 20 minutes, hang out at this Costco in Tijuana and I'll be back, <laughs> in, I'll be back in 20 minutes to pick you, you up like two hours there. Three. I spent three and a half hours well, I mean, in this Costco on some lawn chairs. <laughs> Costco's in Tijuana are, are world renowned for being, you know, very elegant and very, uh, it was very nice. But I, you know, I'm like sitting here, I'm like going, I was bored out of my mind. I text him. I'm like, where are you? He's like, Oh, we ended up having to get lunch. I'm in this meeting. I can get out of it. Why don't you just go enjoy the city and I'll pick you up later. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Right. So that was one of the last straws. I'm like, I can't do this, man. I'm like, this guy was, it was such a joke. And then he's like, okay, I, I'm ready for you now. He's like, anything you want to do the rest of the day? I'm like, it's 4.30 in the afternoon. I want to go home. So we're just driving back to, you know, uh, Orange County because I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. And then there was one other time after that, where I genuinely needed his help and it was something very easy he could have done. And he said, no, I, I can't help you. And it was nothing illegal. There was nothing wrong. He was just like, Oh, that would, it would make me look bad or some nonsense like this if, if I helped you. So uh, I can't do it. And if that means that we're not friends anymore, that's fine with me. And I was like, well, that's fine with me too. have a nice life. And, uh, you know, for a few years after that, he kept trying to text me and I was, I never responded, but, uh, yeah, I, I was, I was too nice for too many years and I had to pull the yeah, 12 years toxic. a bit of a long time. If you ask me. So, so what about you, Cyril? Have you ever, uh, had to pull the plug on a toxic relationship? Or yeah. Relationship? You know, I, 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 yeah, I think, I think we all experience like, you know, because it's all give and take, right? So you're in relationships where you feel like you're giving way more than you're receiving back. Kind of like in your case, 
And in those cases, it's like, well, no, it's not worth it. And in other, in other cases, I guess, you know, someone like, you know, loves you or wants to give you more than, than you feel like giving back. And then probably they feel, they feel dissatisfied that, you know, I guess that, that ideal reciprocation is, is hard to come by, you know, <clears throat> but yeah, I've, you know, I've had some, some guy who, who you know, ripped me off of hundreds of thousands of dollars and he used that same line. Yeah, we're brothers, man. You can invest with me. You know, I'll pay you back from my own pocket. You know, the dude, I'm not going to mention, mention his name, but that's, yeah. So whether it's business or I think friendship and love though, friendship and, you know, and like, like, uh, an intimate relationship of, of love, or friendship or both when those go sour or, or when we get, you know, hurt in, in those relationships, I think that's when it really hurts. because we're, we're really vulnerable emotionally. You know, we really open ourselves up to, to the significant other in friendships and in, and in, you know, conjugal, if you can use that word. And then, you know, in, in, in um, I don't know, God, I can't say boyfriend, girlfriend, cause then we have to also say boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, but you know, what's the, what's the word I can use? I think like an, what you're saying is like an intimate interpersonal relationship. Yeah. Business relationships, you can get, you can get screwed, you know, and that's, that hurts, that hurts, but it hurts because, you know, you've lost money. But when, when, when someone who's a lot closer to you on the emotional level, you know, fucks you, then, then, then that really hurts, doesn't it? Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And uh, I, I think that kind of, pulls us into one of the things I, I wanted to talk to you about today, which was what actually makes a quality relationship and yeah, right. to me, like irrespective of it being an intimate relationship or just, you know, a platonic relationship, what are the key qualities of yeah. an actual quality relationship? And, you know, there, I know there's multiple components to this, but one of the things that, I, I kind of wanted to throw out to you. I don't know if you know who Zig Ziglar was. No. Zig Ziglar was a very famous American uh, motivational speaker and sales trainer. And I listened to all his tapes back in the day and I, I would memorize his stuff and follow He's, he's, he's passed away now? Yeah, I think he died about 10 years ago, but it was amazing. And one of the things he said, and this really helped me in terms of developing relationships with others was uh, saying, seek first to understand, then be understood. I'm going to say that again, because this is something I think we can all meditate. That on. sounds like really biblical. Yeah. Seek first to understand, then be understood. It's and almost like this prayer, you know, like I, what is it? Seek not, you know, it's like a prayer by St. Francis, right? Like, I, please, uh, God, let me, uh, you know, want to bring peace rather than, you know, bring, uh, like to be the agent of X, Y, as opposed to wanting X, Y. Remember? Yeah. And, and so, well, he, here's why it was important to me. And I think this is something key that most people miss. Most people want to talk and get their point out so much that they have no interest in truly understanding the other person and hearing the other person Yeah, and hearing and beyond, going beyond hearing. There's a difference between hearing and listening, right? Right. Right. Like, and, really... you know, yeah. One of the things I wanted to talk about today was, you know, a, a technique called active listening. And when you're actively listening, you're actually engaged in actual quality conversationship. You can only do that when you're in a jog with your friend. 
<laughs> so, so you know and the, the thing is is it's like okay so here's here's a key component right here how often are you actually when you're talking to a friend or or, or uh, uh your you know your partner intimate partner how often are you actually seeking to understand them first before you open their mouth for your your mouth for a rebuttal right right i mean gosh how we all do it Right. We're all in the point like, well, I hear this person saying this. I have a great, I have a great rebuttal for this. You know, I think in this country now we see it more than ever, especially with the polarization of politics, where you see people that are very intimate friends being on two sides of an opinion, right? Two different sides of a political opinion now becoming like mortal enemies. And I, you know, I've never seen that before, but now I see. Are you talking about Russia and Ukraine right here? (laughs) No, I'm Russians and Ukrainians, you know, who used to be brothers and now they're just pit against each other, which sucks. But but look at what goes on in American politics. My goodness gracious. It's like, this guy's out to get you. No, this guy's out to get you. It's like, okay, everybody just shut up. Calm down. Take a breath. Let's take a deep, deep breath, right? And realize that we are all individuals. There's an multitude of opinions and ideas and because of that we all have the opportunity to see things differently and unless you can accept that everyone has an independent unique vision okay we all have independent vision well it's that song by sting remember that song um if you love somebody if you love someone set them set them free yeah 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 I mean, that's, that's, deep. that's deep last week it was the police now this week somehow, the sticks. don't worry guys i'm not a stinging police uh, it's not just about that we have plenty of other bands too. Don't worry, we'll get there we have a uh, iron maiden yes bob marley we'll, we'll get to van halen at some point uh but you know i think first you know one of the key components if we look at this in building quality relationships with people is understanding the other person's point of view getting to understand someone, ask actual questions. If you ask somebody, hey, Cyril, how's your day? What's going on in your life? Don't just let them start talking so you can talk over them. Let your friend or your partner talk because the key to a quality relationship is vulnerability. And Cyril, as you were saying, when we first started off, what happens? Why do we get burned in relationships? Because we were vulnerable, we were open. Right, we had faith that that person would care for our vulnerability. So you're saying that care hearing, for that hearing the other actively or emphatically or carefully, that makes us vulnerable. No, what what it does is when we are sharing, we are vulnerable. When we are listening, we are responsible for caring for that vulnerability of the other person. Yeah, I like the. I like to. I mean, I believe that. In, in some very real and unfortunate way, every, everybody practically to, you know, a greater or lesser degree is, you know, is self-centered. It's, it's about me, right? I'm the center. So how is this person? I mean, speaking of sales, right? It's a famous thing that, you know, they don't really care about your qualifications or whatever, they want to know what's in it for me. Like if I listen to you, what am I going to get? If I, if I buy your product, what am I going to get? So, you know, it's kind of hard to say, and it's kind of, you know, kind of pops the, the romantic bubble of, um, 
of, of what we consider to be, you know, nice relationships. I mean, and there are, I mean, well, that's what we're striving for. But I think, unfortunately, most, most people are really self-centered and, and they enter into, into any type of interaction in this world with like, well, what's in it for me. Right. Right. I'll scratch your back, but you know, where are you going to scratch mine and how hard and how, you know, how, how, how long and what am I going to get? And so that's sort of, I mean, we can also almost talk about an exploitation spirit and a, a spirit of exploitation, you know, in the name of love and the name of friendship, just like that guy you were talking about, right. In the name of friendship, he was thinking, okay, what's in it for me? I'm going to get some, you know, some business tips and some business secrets and some business know-how from this dude. But I, re- I really don't care so much because I don't really want to give anything to him. I just want to take from him. And so that's why I like that idea. You know, if you love somebody, set them free in the sense that you're, you know, you, you no longer see yourself as a controller of that other person. Uh, you don't see yourself as, as the recipient you know, the entitled, the entitled recipient or receiver of their love or their affection or whatever, you know, but you, you switch, you switch roles and it's like, okay, how can I help that person? How can I contribute to that person's whatever well-being or ultimately I think spiritual well-being is the most important thing. What do you think of that? I agree with you a hundred percent. I think it, it it lends to the idea of selfless love and service, right? Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. Selfless we, love and service. I mean, I think we, 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 hit, we hit the jackpot right there. Yeah. When we are engaging in relationship, and what I mean by relationship is any relationship. It can be, you know, the parent-child relationship. It can be a friendly relationship. It can be an intimacy relationship. It can be a, a relationship of, you know, higher or lower, like a boss to employee type of thing. Anytime we engage in relationship, I think we have to, number one, set the expectation that we, as the individuals, have to hold ourselves to a higher standard and then trying to pull somebody to what we want them to be. Nobody's going to be us. So we have to make sure that we are harder on ourselves than we are on others. We have to be soft-hearted with people, number one. We cannot say, hey, I want this relationship to be transactional. And to your point that you were just making, I think in this modern day and age, relationships, regardless of this type of relationship, have become transactional. Like you were saying, scratch my back, I scratch yours. You know, it's all quid pro quo. What are you doing for me? What have you done for me lately? That's absurd, right? Because are you, are you, are you quoting uh, uh, salt and pepper here? No. <laughs> <laughs> saying, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> no, what, that was Janet Jackson. Oh, Janet Jackson. You got that wrong, my friend. That was Janet Jackson. Wasn't that Janet Jackson? Now you're making me question I think that's Shannon Jackson. Anyways, it was some R&B singer from the 80s. Yes. Um, anyways, but no, I, I think that we cannot, we have to avoid transactional relationships and transactional attitudes and really just come with number one, we have to have an attitude of gratitude, right? We have to be grateful for all things that come in our life, be it a perception of positive or negative, and accept that this is a spiritual lesson for us to learn one way or the other. Number two, it is 
how can I understand this person in front of me to understand that they are a spiritual being having a material experience? And that can be very bewildering. So what can we do to support them in their spiritual journey as they navigate through the muck of, you know, the material world and the, the inconsistencies we have in the material world? A lot of times nothing makes sense, right? Speaking of, you know, spiritual, having a material experience, our, our recurring theme in our podcast is that, right, we're not our bodies, we're conscious beings, you know, having a physical experience. Okay, fine. But what's interesting, the question I ask is, okay, if we are consciousness, if we are all units, right, individual units of consciousness, what's the nature of that consciousness and how does it relate to when it engages with matter and with other, you know, units of consciousness engaged in other bodies. In other words, right. What is the, how does the very nature of ourselves as conscious beings dictate or not how we should, or how we maybe naturally behave towards others, but may not do so due to, you know, different artificial factors. Like what's the, the essential what's the essential ontology of consciousness? I think, and you know, it's a pretty abstract language, blah, 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 but it's, it's, it's not that abstract. And secondly, I think it, it has extremely important um, application in terms of our everyday uh, relationships with, with everyone. Yeah. And no, consciousness is not just, yeah, you like, there's something about actively wanting to give pleasure to the other right one like you've talked about and like the selflessness the idea of selflessness you know I, i think that's ingrained in the very spiritual dna of every spiritual of every person it's not really a choice it's like it's our it's it's the very nature of of every person in 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 his or her let's say pure state Yes. Giving. So, you know, like we kind of touched on it, uh, last podcast, the getting is in the giving. So how we give, and again, I want to make this, I want to make a very clear point. <laughs> we are not sitting here saying, go write a check to anybody. Okay. Uh, this is not what we're talking about. It's more about consciousness, about. right? A shift in consciousness. consciousness. Exactly. Conscious giving, meaning giving of your time. And I wanted to read you a quote uh, that I have, I pulled up, I know I sent this to you and this, this to me just kind of like nails everything on the head. It says some talk to you in their free time and some free their time to talk to you. Hmm. Learn the difference. Yeah. It's nice. You know? And so it's just like, what type of people do you surround yourself with? Do you surround yourself with people that are, are just so, you know, to kind of use the concept you were discussing earlier, self-absorbed that they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get to you when I get to you. Or somebody says, you know what? This person matters to me, right? Cause we talked about, we are not matter, but we all matter. Okay. So this person matters to me. So I'm going to take the time to actually have a quality conversation with them and find out what's going on in their life and what can I do to, you know, brighten their day. Or maybe it's just listening, right? Goodness gracious. If somebody was actively listening and asking questions based on what you're telling them, how good does that feel? 
right? And and how good does it feel in reciprocation to be like, wow, I actually learned something about my friend today that I never knew before. You know, it's amazing when you can actually develop that type of, you know, interpersonal intimacy, which, you know, again, it doesn't have to be romantic, but that interpersonal intimacy where you can actually bond and have a, a moment of shared vulnerability, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that that only happens in small circles. What do you think? I mean, I, I think that this whole concept of, you know, I need 3000 Facebook friends to feel whole. Mm-hmm. I think that's a scam. I think if you, if you can walk out of this world, you know, with maybe one or two real true people in your life, then that's a win. Well, you, you know, I think pe- people are spreading out too far. For sure. And you also raised the question, <clears throat> excuse me, of how do you, how do you know, how do you judge when that friendship or that, you know, loving relationship is positive or toxic? Let's, let's, right. let's deal with that one. Yeah. Cause okay. We want to be selfless. That's the goal. We try. Okay. It's all about, you know, more, you know, giving rather than receiving, being vulnerable, hearing the other. Okay. But what, you know, there are toxic people. How do you know that? Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this for this person, but you know, maybe the person's out to get me, or maybe that person's actually toxic for me consciously or unconsciously from his side or, or our side. So how, how do we determine, how does one determine whether a, a, a relationship is, is positive or toxic. One answer I have, and I want to hear you, you know, give others one that kind of stares me in the face is what's the result? How do you feel after, after, you know, spending time with X person, you know, you feel more, you know, light and, and liberated and, and, and fear and more and with less fear in your consciousness and so on. Or on the contrary, do you like feel more anxious, more angry, more frustrated, more aggressive, right? Wouldn't that be one way to uh, ascertain what's a positive and what's a toxic relationship? I, I think so, but I, I will put a little bit of a caveat to that or throw a monkey, a slight monkey wrench in that because we'd have to dig into that a little bit deeper and I'll, I'll just kind of relate this little nugget and you're going to laugh at this. So I'm not going to get into politics in any way, shape or form, but there were multiple stories uh, that back in the day, uh, former U S president, Bill Clinton, people were saying he was the greatest conversationalist they had ever met and made you feel like a million bucks. And you walked away with those conversations thinking that you had the greatest friend and the greatest person you had ever spoken to. And it turns out the key to his conversational success was constantly asking the people questions about themselves creating a sense of active, but you can be, you can be kind of tricky and and you can be kind of a hypocrite doing that. Like, you know, what's your intention? Sorry to interrupt you. But like when I say, when I hear that, you know, because also politicians are notorious for being, but that's, that's my whole point. That's my whole point. That's why I'm saying I'm throwing a monkey wrench into what you were saying. Right. So he was creating this, this, these, these conversational opportunities where somebody walked away going, I can't believe how great I felt, but they were but it was just a trick. It was just a trick on his part, right? Trick. Yes. And he never shared any information. So going off, like springboarding off of what you were saying, I think it's very important for us to realize that we have to have um, 
How about the word? How about sincerity? <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. No, sincerity is huge, but the, so that gets to my point, right? You have to have reciprocation of sharing and reciprocation of vulnerability. You can't be one-sided in 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 your vulnerability because that ultimately stems from the sincerity of the individual, right? If so you how do you tell? How do you vulnerability? How do we go back to that same question then? How do we determine? How, how do we determine whether a relationship is toxic or positive? Is there mutual investment in serving? Is there mutual investment in caring? Is there mutual vulnerability? And what does this person have? What, what, does this person genuinely have your best interest? Yeah. Are they seeking to understand you or are they just trying to talk over you or are they just trying to take from you? Right. There's always this, this I think when you really look at it, there's people that I've had to cut out of my life where it's just like all they wanted to do was talk negatively about others. I can't stand that. Right. You know, where they're so toxic. I knew people that they would thrive on other people's um, success. Unfortunate, unfortunate. No, unfortunately. Oh, you know, I thought you were saying you want people who thrive on other people's I, I, success. I want, yeah, exactly. You, that's what you do want. But what you don't want is somebody that thrives in other people's misery or suffering, where they, they get excited if something bad happens to you. Or because that means actually there's, they're envious. Deeply in the right. heart, there's some deep envy, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and I'll, t- I'll tell you something. Envy, it's, nasty. it's also about respecting individuality. And here's something very interesting I'll share with you. Some of the coolest friends I've had in my life from childhood, middle school, high school, college, there was something very unique about all of us, right? There's a call, oh, just really quickly, there's a couple of doctors, one's a district attorney, um, two of them are very successful photographers, one's a successful poet, another one's one of the biggest finance ministers in the United States. and. You know, here's the thing that made us all interesting in terms of why the friendships lasted over the years. One of them's like a, one of the best IT tech guys in the world. My my best friend in the whole world is like, you know, just this brilliant IT guy. And and I'll tell you, we all respected each other's individuality, and there was never any peer pressure to conform to some group think. Everybody respected each other's individuality. Look, when I was a teenager, when I was growing up, I had hair down to my butt and the black nail polish and the wild leather pants. And I was this loud rock and roll guy. Nobody said to me that I was a bum for doing that. People were excited for me. We all celebrated each other's success. And to this day, anytime I talk to any of these guys, it's always the same thing. We're all happy for each other. And that's key. You have to, like you said... Be happy for other people's success. You should have no envy. If it's a true friend, everything they do, you are there. You've got their back. You're excited for them. And you deeply care that they are happy and successful. And that you respect their individuality. And I think that's what's missing in quality and finding quality relationships today. To add to what you just said, this idea of individuality it's important to, to remember, like, I mean, just echoing what you said, that every, indiv- every person out there is an individual. Right. 
Every person's an individual and not only are they individuals, but they are subjects of their own destiny. They're subjects of their own life. They're, you know, conscious, free willing individual persons, right? And they've got their own path in life. They've got their own trajectory. And the more one person remembers that the other significant right? Whether a friend or whatever is precisely that, that I just described, you know, an individual person with, with free will and, and total, um, agency, you know, and that, then that we have no business, no prerogative, no right to infringe or to, to meddle in or to get in between or to, you know, somehow influence or, or stop, that person's volition, that person's free will, that person's, you know, agency as, as a free independent subject, then I think there's, there's a lot more room for, for, for a healthy relationship. What do you think? I agree. I I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think uh, that's incredibly uh, important. And I think we collectively need to look at ourselves and look at the people around us and respect each other's individuality and celebrate that individuality and make sure they're doing their best and what can you do. And again, but there's you don't a, have to have a thousand friends. Let me play the devil's advocate here or let me throw a wrench in here because following what you, what we just agreed on, one could come to what I think would be a, a crazy conclusion. Let's say, you know, you've got a relationship between whatever John and Mary just to keep it really original. So, um, <laughs> so you've got John and Mary and like if John, you know, notices that, you know, against his agreement against his, you know, some people are whatever Polly, you know, they, they don't mind if their significant others, you know, sleeps around with, with, with anybody that's like part of their, you know, deal and okay, whatever. But I think in most cases, and let's just use a case where John does not feel comfortable that, you know, Mary cheats on him. Right. Mm. If he starts thinking, well, you know, she's cheating on me, but hey, I'm not going to interfere. You know, she's, she's an agent with her own volition and her own free will. And she's a, she's a free subject. So I love her. And so therefore I'm just going to not say anything because I'm detached and I'm letting her, you know, do whatever she wants or vice versa. You know, there's something, there's something missing. There's something not cool in this, in this equation. What is it? Well, that's selfishness, right? It's, it's a sensation. It's a, it's basically this, this sensational aspect we have today of pure self-centeredness and selfishness. You go onto these websites, you know, uh, you know, these different social media websites, most people it's, what is it? Pictures of themselves. Then another picture of themselves. Then I, I mean, I can't tell you how many places I walk in Southern California and I see these, you know, individuals, posing and pretending like they're doing something when I'm like, that's not what you're doing. It's, it's totally fake. I think people are living fraudulent lives, but it, it just comes down to pure selfishness. And I think that that needs to be exercised out 
or live a life of selfishness and ex expect to have very few actual quality relationships in your life. You have to be become, you have to have a sense of mutual selflessness and mutual investment, right? This is, this is one of the key spiritual topics here. When we get into building a quality relationship is mutual investment in each other's lives where you're not hurting somebody else and you genuinely care to uplift their spirit. Uplift. I think the, the, the idea of uplifting the other person's spirit is key. I think it's so important, Brian. It's so important because we live in a society where our spirits <laughs> shaping spirit, um, mm -hmm. just getting used to the name of our podcast. Um, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's spirit is constantly being dragged down, right? Yeah. constantly through the media, through whatever, through our own self-destructive habits. There's just like a constant, huge gravity pull downwards, downwards yeah. towards darkness, towards obscurity, towards confusion, towards just darkness. Right? So if someone can uplift your spirit or at least keep it, keep it maintained at a, at a, at a level that's high enough. So you're not falling down into darkness. And if you can do that to, to another person, that's real friendship. That's real positive um, love. I agree. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's the uplifting of someone else. I really like the, what you said, that you know, uplifting someone's spirit. And I think the other thing is, you know, to also, when we are looking at building quality relationships, it is important for us to know what our needs are, know what our, what needs we have that we can fulfill on our own. And but, what, what kind of needs too, like Brian, sorry to interrupt you, but like, for example, like, yeah, you, you know, uh, whatever, Nancy's a really good friend of mine. Why? Cause she gets me really good crack at a really good price. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Talking about, yeah, but that, that, that's just like absurdity. When, no, when but you, you'd be surprised how many people like are fooled into, you know, thinking, oh, this person's a really good friend when they actually don't uplift them, but bring them down. Yeah. And, and that, again, that's, it's just, that's that kind of spiritual upliftment right and then it's just like you know there's that there's that old saying birds of a feather flock together mm, tell me who your very, friends are i'll tell you who you are yeah be very mindful of your association totally right? be careful who you who you hang out with <laughs> you know that is so important that's why it's just like dude i would rather just know a couple of people i have very oh, i see small why you're, why you're coming back to this point each time you know, it's just like, I'd rather have that and know the quality that's around me. That's why we're talking about building quality relationships, right. not building quantity. The subject of this podcast, everybody, is not building quantity relationships. It's building quality relationships, creating quality relationships. Right. So you got to be convinced. You got to be, and when I say you, I'm speaking about you, like our hearers. You got to be convinced if you're not that you know, what you're looking for in another person, whether friend or, or intimate relationship, whatever is, um, how, yeah, let's, 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 how serious they are about, you know, spirituality. <laughs> yeah. And, and just in just developing, you know, actual growth, inner growth. Yeah. I'll tell you yeah. what, you know, I'm not going to, uh, not to name any names, not to throw people under the bus, but I know people who, who are, are so-called so, spiritualists and are just jerks, right? 
total jerk. <laughs> let's let's even go beyond that. I know people that claim to be super spiritual and they can't sit down for two minutes to have a conversation with somebody because they're so disturbed on the inside and they're plagued with so much darkness that they they are unsettled. Their spirit is unsettled to where they cannot sit and contemplate and they have to move literally in their own house from one room to the other repeatedly on the phone, then on the computer, then on another phone, then calling. They can't even spend time with somebody, an intimate partner or a friend for one minute without tearing off somewhere else because they're so unsettled yet at the same time claiming that they are the most spiritual person on the planet. And it's, it's heartbreaking. It's unfortunate that somebody is so um, disturbed internally. And I tell you what, you're not going to sleep well at night. And I know these people, they don't sleep. Well, I know somebody that hasn't slept well for 25 years, literally has not had a good night's sleep for 25 years, has been involved in all kinds of, you know, nonsense in their life, thinks they have all these friends and literally is like, oh yes, I have 500 friends and it's not, no, you don't, you don't even have one real friend because nobody knows the truth about who you are. And I'm not saying to go out there and expose yourself to the world, right? And be like, hey world, this is who I really am. But does one, do you know yourself enough to talk to one person, to look them in the eye and go, let me tell you my story. And is that person genuine and sincere enough to go, I want to hear your story and let me digest it with you. Share your experience with me. That's what's key. And I think that's what's missing in most people's lives. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? I agree. <laughs> I agree. There's not much more I can say. There's really not much more I can say. Um, sincerity. I mean, sincerity really is an important thing. Sincerity, you know, anchored in... Um, the belief that, that, that uplifting the spirit, that shaping the spirit, mm -hmm. you know, as long as it's done sincerely, right. And, and not with hypocrisy and all sorts of, of aberrations and, 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 and neuros and your neurotic, uh, just weirdness. But when it's just in a straightforward, honest, sincere desire to grow, or to deepen one's, you know, faith or devotion for the divine. When, when that, when that sincerity is there, you know, on both sides, starting with, with, with ourselves, starting with yourself. And I'm not speaking to you only, you know, I'm speaking to myself, I'm speaking to everybody who's hearing starting, you know, when you know, and you're, you know, you've prayed, um, and, and you, or you've meditated, you've contemplated on just, you know, on, on coming from a place of, of utter sincerity in your heart where there's no duplicity, there's no hypocrisy. You know, when that starting point is there, then you can seek out, you know, similarly minded people. Mm -hmm. And they may not have the same opinion on whatever political reasons, even theological reasons, whatever. But if, if that core, that core, um, that core, <laughs> I don't, I don't, you, you know, you, you fill my words in here. <laughs> you, you have to have that number one, I think that core understanding and you have to have, I would say foundation, right? Yeah. How, how deep is your foundation in terms of how you 
are developing yourself. You have to acknowledge that you are. Hey, you remind me. Progress, right? Thank you. You remind me of a thing I wanted to quote. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's this Christian saying that, you know, the, the glass or the cup has to be full in order for, you know, the outpour to, to go outwards to others. But, you know, if your vessel is empty, right. This is exactly coming to your point of foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to have, you have to have that foundation and uh, you have to be able to acknowledge your growth. You know, I, I'm not a part of AA. I've never been in AA or anything like that, but I've heard that one of the things that they talk about is knowing your own limitations, accepting your, your humanity, right. And knowing that you have to subject yourself to a higher power and that you are at, you, you have to be responsible and have personal accountability for your own spiritual growth, right? Totally. Ultimately to grow with somebody else. Remember every relationship you have is an individual is a journey. You are each have individual journeys and then you have a journey together. Yeah. And sometimes that journey is a very short train ride and sometimes it's a long ride, right? But you have to be grateful for however long or short that journey is and take whatever nugget of wisdom you get from it to continue to develop yourself. And the be- the beautiful thing about that, and we'll get, obviously we're, we're going to get into this in another podcast is when you are developing yourself spiritually, and I want everybody to really consider this, there is no depletion of the spiritual bank account. When you invest in your spiritual bank account, it never depletes. And it in that sense, increasing always. And in that sense, following exactly what you just said, even toxic relationships, which obviously you have to get out of and you have to you know, put in the effort to avoid or to end, but even toxic relationships, which somehow, which somehow or other you've been, you know, thrown into, right. By whatever the universe or luck or whatever, even those relationships, when you have that, um, that the consciousness that you just described that, Hey, you know, no matter what, like there's no depletion in my spiritual journey. Like there's no diminution. Then even toxic relationships teach you lessons, right? And they help you actually go deeper spiritually. So in that sense, they're, they're also positive, you know, indirectly. Yes. We have to, and that, that's where, um, this concept of contemplation and discernment comes in. Meaning. And the only the only way we can look, it's it's basically contemplation and discernment comes from this concept of reflection. It's really what it comes down to is self-reflection and reflection on your experience. Experiential reflection and self-reflection. That's called contemplation and discernment. You have to be in a place where you're okay to be alone. And it's not about being lonely, it's about taking time to be alone so you can experience yourself. Yeah. So you can experience the, I am that I am who I am. And getting off right? social media Not is a good body. thing. Like if you don't have, if you yeah, guys don't I mean, have an app like freedom or, you know, where you can actually totally block your, all your internet access for, you know, 20 minutes, two hours, 24 hours, whatever. I recommend you do it. Um, because if you, if you, yeah, I mean, if you experience what it's like to be disconnected, for example, from the internet, then there's moments where you, like you say, you are actually alone and you're like, Oh, yeah. and, 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 and you see what a joyous thing it is to actually breathe 
be in, even if you're just in nature, if you're just sitting outside, go to a park bench. If you have the opportunity, sit, leave your phone in the car. Okay. Leave your phone in your pocket, (laughs) turn it off (laughs) and just sit and breathe and give yourself 15 minutes of time for contemplation and discernment, which is self-reflection and experiential reflection. What did this mean to me? Who am I? What, what, what am I trying to develop? And then think about maybe somebody in your life. What are they going through? What if you have a friend whose mother has cancer? Maybe you, you take that time to think about that person's mother. Or maybe you take time to think about that friend who's going through a really nasty divorce. Or somebody who, who, who you know, uh, just lost their job right? And go, wow, wow. Take time to be empathetic. Even if they're not in front of you, this is still developing a quality relationship because you are developing empathy and you're creating a sense of reflection. We go, "Hmm, I wonder how they're doing. I wonder what I could say to them to make them feel better. Or maybe let's look at it the opposite from something positive too, because I don't want to just talk about, you know, something tragic or negative. One of you have a friend that, you know, is doing amazing at work and go, God, they must be feeling great. You know, I I want them to know how supportive I am of their success and how well they're doing. You know, I want them to know that I have their back and I would love to hear about their experience of making their success, of building their success, because they'll share it with you. Just when people share things, you know, that is bothering them, people love to share things when they, they are happy and when, when they're excited about something. So take that time to listen, take that time to reflect, take that time to be uh, a true friend, show empathy, be an active listener, ask questions that are actually. Remember that people are really lonely. Yeah. People are lonely, man. I don't care if you have 13,000, a hundred thousand, 3 million Instagram followers. That doesn't mean you are in a place of bliss and peace. I have met too many people on this journey where they have come to me and shared things, very intimate things that I didn't even know them. You know, I'll tell you, Cyril, I, I don't think, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but over the years, I've had very strange experiences. They're not bad, but it was very odd where I've had random people come up to me um, in stores when I'm shopping. I've had celebrities come up to me, people that I know when I was in environments where there was, you know, a celebrity around or, or, or something like this, telling me very intimate details about their life. And something's really tragic. I've had people come up to me in a store and say something horrifying about their life. And I was like, Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. And I started engaging them in the conversation. And then they apologized to me saying, I'm so sorry. I brought this to you, but for some reason, something inside me told me to tell you. (laughs) So yeah. And I've never judged anyone for anything they've ever said to me, but I found it a really amazing opportunity that I consider from the universe or a higher power, whatever you guys want to call it to teach me the lesson of active listening and empathy. And it taught me, it was like, wow, I need to make sure that I am presenting an empathetic uh, 
face when I am out and not to just be hiding myself and really look people in the eye and go, you know, just see somebody, Hey, how are you doing today? And that's a very powerful statement question. When you ask somebody, how are you doing? Not just, Hey, how are you doing? Whatever. Let, let me get to what I have to say to you or whatever I want to sell you. But how are you doing you? What's going on with you? And if somebody's willing to share, treat that as a gift. And, and again, though, if I can add, you know, in order to approach someone and say, how are you? You got to be spiritually strong. You got to be spiritually strong. So you got to be protecting the purity of your consciousness. You know, don't think that, for example, you can go out and, you know, outside and approach a stranger and with, you know, a genuine and exude, exude, you know, peace and, and love and generosity when, you know, maybe 10 minutes ago you were watching some like, you know, some sadistic, you know, porn movie, <laughs> you know, and, and masturbating and, and like, you know, you're not going to really, so you gotta be, you gotta, in order, you know, you gotta be, that's why that, that, I love that analogy again, like you, you, your cup has to be full. Your cup has to be full in order to be able with the excess that overflows to be able then to be, because what you're, what are you referring to, Brian? You're referring to compassion. That's yeah. the word. Yeah. We're talking about being compassionate here, right? Yeah. But being compassionate, we need, we, we, we need to be, uh, we need to be spiritually strong. We need to be, like you say, you know, well situated in our own identity. And, and when we, uh, you know, are, strong like that. And, and, and like you said, like we have, you know, a strong foundation, uh, then we are able to, to be compassionate towards others. We are able to, like you said, we're able to, you know, really listen to the other, but we have to be strong to begin with. Right. And that means we have to be intelligent with the decisions we make in terms of who we hang out with, what we consume in terms of food, in terms of what we hear, in terms of what we see. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. And I think as a society, we currently do a really bad job <laughs> with that. And I'm not pointing fingers at any group of people or anything like that. I'm saying collectively, we could all do a better job with compassion, with listening, with, with accepting others, individual mindsets and, and choices and you know looking at where people are and go what can i do to help if you can't then step aside so somebody else can help you know that's the other thing don't insert yourself in somebody's life if you're not there for a true investment in their well-being and success right i think don't you think we need to you know all look at this as do we have, what do we have to share? If we have something to invest in others, let's invest it and let's be selective about who we're investing in, right? And at the same time, we have to also take that time for spiritual discernment and say, hey, maybe I'm not ready. <laughs> maybe I'm not ready because it's not about us telling other people what to do. We can't be telling other people what to do. Uh, you know, I, I love that, 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 that old uh, saying, give me liberty or give me death, right? We have to ex experience 
our own personal liberty and our own personal individuality and make sure we are not infringing on somebody else's right to liberty and their personal development and their happiness. I think we need to all globally do a, a reality check with that because I think we're all lacking. Mm-hmm. Great. I think we uh, we covered the bases. So in terms of, you know, next steps, if we look globally, what do we need to do for building, you know, quality relationships from a spiritual perspective? We need to develop compassion, right? I think we agreed on that. We need, we to, need to be spiritually strong to begin with. Like, and, and, and that comes from, you know, controlling, having some sense control in terms of, you know, not, not uh, diving off the wrong, you know, into the wrong pools mm-hmm. in terms of what we, you know, incorporate into our own consciousness via our senses, whether via our eyes or nose or ears or... Mm-hmm. We should be active listeners. Uh, We should be empathetic to others in their situations. Uh, We should work to be selfless. And we should seek out, you know, others who we consider to be equal or if not even more, you know, um, gifted with these, with these qualities. Yeah. There's, there's nothing wrong with seeking help from others. You know, none of us, should be ashamed of asking for help and we should all be willing to be in a place of vulnerability with the right audience with the right audience with the right audience don't be vulnerable with anybody right be vulnerable we should be practice our vulnerability and our openness with the right audience and that's what takes discernment that's what takes very careful um planning not fear right and we reviewed that on another podcast it's not about fear it's about being spiritually strong so that we can share with others and hear from others right and when i say share not be pushing our agenda on them but share love and share empathy and share compassion that's what i mean by sharing so that they can share their vulnerability also with us so that we can all develop, right? What's that, that, that saying rising tide raises all ships. Yeah. All boats. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So this is something that I think we should all consider. Well, great guys. Thank you for, um, well, thank you, Brian. And thank uh, you, Cyril. This has been great. Yeah. And this was deep. So, uh, we, uh, you know, keep the questions coming, guys. Uh, this, this, we were very excited that this was uh, actually a topic emailed to us uh, last week. And so you can send us an email, shapingspiritpodcast at gmail.com. We are on, I don't know how many, I have to count now, so many different uh, platforms. Uh, platforms now it's ridiculous everything from spotify to youtube uh, there's more than i can count iHeartRadio. we're on iHeartRadio. like i said we, we've we've developed in a very short amount of time an international uh, audience we're grateful for all of you keep the questions coming shaping spirit podcast at gmail.com and we're going to get to a variety of different topics and it's going to be super fun and we would love to engage with you and thank you so much and remember you are not your body 
we are not matter, but we matter. We matter. <laughs> we all matter. So thank you all for listening. See y'all next time.